<laughs> Dennis, how are you in this lovely evening? Unscheduled evening. Better and better, as it turns out. Because I, uh... we have a schedule, and we try to stick to it. But then sometimes you say, hey, are we recording tonight? And I have to say, we weren't going to, but sure. So here and we so you're barely ready. It takes so much prep. I mean, end. I have... You have to answer the phone, and then you have to talk, and then we hang up. It's... That's what you do, yes. I do more preparation for this. I have detailed notes. <laughs> I have a line of where, we're, of where we're going to go every episode. Oh, big drop there, buddy. Sorry. And I know exactly what we're going to talk about, and I direct you uh, indirectly <laughs> about what sort of tool we're going to talk about this evening, and ah, what sort of... Uh, be an interesting question this week, given the work that I've been doing. So I think it Tell me about your work, Dennis. The tool? About your work. What have you done? Oh, I, in my work. In the shed, I put up some pegboard. Mm-hmm. And the tool, of the, the tool of the day, so corrugated tin metal roofing. Yeah. It's like a squiggle, right? It's wavy. Up and down, up and down. You need to picture it. I Give me a it. nod of your head if anything comes to mind. I can see it. Okay. Undulating. Imagine that down. when you lay those on the wood that supports it, there's a undulating gap underneath the tin. As there would be, yes. Up and down, up and down. Little humps, little ho- little little bumps, little waves. So they make a light styrofoam pre-cut stuffing that is flat on the bottom in the exact same curves of the corrugated metal roofing on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. comes in strips. It's right in there. So the story on this stuff is that I, I went to the local Home Depot, and do you have this? And they looked and looked, well, no, we don't. We can get it online. I said, I don't want to wait online. So the store, up the, road, means, but okay. the store up the road gets it. Yeah. store up the road has it. It's nine miles away. It's about, but it's a 20-minute, 25-minute trek. So I go up there. I go to metal roofing. I buy these styrofoam things. They say, cool. I buy two packs, three packs, or six bucks a piece. I come home. Take them out of the pack. I set them down. I don't anything for weeks. Pick them up and realize that the metal for which I bought the stuffing was shaped other than the corrugated stuff that I wanted. Oh, no. Instead, it was a flat piece, a little bump, a flat piece, and a little bump. And I'm quite familiar with that the design. Wrong... I said, oh, shit. I got to go all the way back. The wrong undulation. I went all the way back. I said, of course, there's two different kinds. There was next to each other. So I went in the box that had the ones I wanted, and I grabbed three more, and I paid for them, traded them off, I drove home, set them down. A little while passed, I went to use them. I had traded in the same exact ones that I bought. You're such a fucking moron. I, I did it again. I did it again. And at this point, I'm alone out there all the time. And I'm out there, and I say out loud, so anyone could hear, even walking by, I said, what in the fuck are you thinking? You're, what, you've got to go back? Oh. You stupid fuck. Yeah. So I went back this time, or the last time, and looked, well, damn if they only had one bag of five left and i needed three bags bullshit i'm like this i went up front this can't be well let's see you can order them online i'm like i don't want to order them on here and the guy looked at his computer his little handheld where we were standing where they're supposed to be and your system showed 25 bags but they're not there and she, she said we usually don't make mistakes like that and i said how many to a box and she said good question 25 so i went back to the aisle and instead of looking where they were supposed to be, I looked across the way. Where they weren't supposed there to be. Were two, where they weren't supposed to be, of course. Two boxes yes. stacked. One of the kind I wanted. 
and one of the kind that I didn't want. And sure enough, ripped it open. End of story. I bought four bags, and I thought, I don't want to have to come back. So now that I'm done with the work, guess what? I have a whole other bag that I have to take back. <laughs> I got to take four trips. Four trips, 20 minutes apiece. And there's no other reason for me to go there except for these things. Right. This is a road up. One time I went there so and took a wrong turn, ended up in the wrong town. So I made a 20-minute there, 20-minute trip into over an hour and a half. It was, it was pleasant enough. I was riding around. Who cares? I'm just touring. Yeah. It's not like I'm real busy. Yeah. So that's, But that's not only the tool of the day, but it's the story of the tool of the day right there. But now they're stuffed, and no water leaves. The debris will blow into my corrugated roof shed open areas. They're called end caps. End caps, obviously. End caps. Yes. Foam, metal roofing, end caps. That's great that there's a standard undulation yes. formula such that... At least there is with these U.S. products. Yes. Who I knows what imagine. the European millimeters and whatnot. Who knows? So. But the other thing is that if you went to a corrugated roofing that had this undulation, but you were doing a massive warehouse... Yes. I could imagine with the longer sheets that the undulations would be broader and perhaps a little bit more rugged. Broader, rugged undulations. Broader, rugged, thicker. That's that's the way the Europeans are, man. It's just... Uh, readier. Readier. Hardier. Readier, hardier. Faster, stronger. Hardier. Yes. That's uh, really interesting that you are such a moron that you have to drive <laughs> four times to your local place. and. Right. It's just what I do. No, but that's a, that's a. I think everyone that has ever tried to do any sort of work in, uh, like, well, that's, that, that didn't go anywhere. Yes, you are. You're, you're dumbass. What are you drinking? Because for a night it's not scheduled. You seem to be pretty happy. Did I just catch you on a bender? No. <laughs> your regular Monday night bender. So. <laughs> I'm gonna get off again. Oh man, we changed it to Wednesdays, man. So it matters to me. It's just, it's just sorry. Give me a call. I have some news related to work done to my house this past week. <laughs> Breaking news. So this second apartment that we purchased that is across yes. the hall from mine we with a view we, with a lovely view we needed to replace the so it's the reason that it's a lovely view is that it's a view south which is uh where we are it's a view towards where the sun is always the sun rises so and it's the, just dried out and the wood it was just terrible so we decided that we needed to change that wooden door and window that was facing south to be aluminum which is yes. way stronger and better against the elements. So we talked to two or three different companies, local companies that can change our doors and, and change our door and window to uh, aluminum. And man, it was so hard to, I don't know if they just have so much business that they just can't be bothered, yeah. but it was tough to actually get them to come around and, and do the yeah, measurements and stuff. Much, they have too much business. And we, home improvement is soared under the pandemic, soared because people are stuck home. Well, uh, so all those projects that they were going to do, they're doing. I guess, yeah, sure. And so we contracted them in July. It's now the end of November. And we said, hey, we want to change this to aluminum. 
in Spain we have these we have these blinds that close down over doors and windows that are like it's a, it's an aluminum thing that comes down over and totally covers the window. It's not a thing that, they, yeah. that, that exists in in America that I've seen, but because it so absolutely blackens it. It yes, but that's not why it doesn't exist. It's just an, it's just not a thing. Like here, it it both provides darkness, which I guess is for I don't know having your siesta in the afternoon, but also security. Like it covers your window with metal. Oh, oh really? In such a way that they're metal. Yeah, it's a strange phenomenon. Apparently, this exists in Spain and Italy and Greece and nowhere else. This is just a Mediterranean phenomenon. Is it required by code? No, it's not. But it is expected typically and typically installed. But anyway, so they, this version that was 20 years old, the so what it is, it's this roll of these aluminum slats that roll down over the window. Yeah. And, and before... The roll was bigger than it has to be now because we've done more technology, blah, blah, blah. To make it better. Right. So this box that has to be on top of the window to roll down over the window is mm-hmm. now smaller. So, Is it electric? No. It is. Manual. It's, it's, there's a rope that you pull out and, and let down, yeah. and then there's a rope that you pull up. In and, there are electric ones, but they're super rich people. And we are not rich because no one goes to happy to, no, no one goes to patreon.com slash happy hour. And so the... So, because the box that is on top of the door window thing needs doesn't need to be as big, we said, "Hey, can we make this a little bit bigger?" Because I'm six feet tall, and it's I can get through the door, but it would be nicer if it was taller. So, six two door. I don't know exactly what the measurement you is. You don't hit your head, but you feel like you almost have to duck. So there's a step up and a st- right. or a step down depending on which way you're going. But it's it would be nicer if it was taller. When we spoke to these people in June and July, we said, hey, we'd like to replace these. We, we want it just like it is now, but now that the boxes for the blinds need to be smaller, we'd like it to be taller. And they said... And the door and the window are all one unit? Uh, that the blinds go over the top of? No, they're not. They're two separate. But the blinds are over both? One blind? No. Or is there one two for the door blinds. and one for yes, the... two separate blinds. Oh, oh, oh. They, they are... Near, they're nearby, but there was always there were always two separate lights. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm with you. So you wanted it taller. Okay, you wanted it taller. And they and so we said in July, hey, we have evaluated our different quotes and we have decided to go with you. When can you install this? And they said, in Spain in August, everything sort of shuts down because of summer vacation, and which is which has always been true, even less now than before. But 20 years ago in August. There was no work done no. in Spain because it's just, right. I don't know if it's just too hot or there's just a, a custom of taking that month off. But we, so anyway, they said, yeah, we'll do that. So September came around and we said, hey, is it ready yet? And they said, oh, yeah, we're so overbooked from all the stuff that we were supposed to do, we were supposed to do in August that September <laughs> is, is, is totally out of the question. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, October came around and they said, no. Not really now, and November, and then they said, "Yeah, November, soon in, in November." And anyway, long story short, they came last week and they took away our old wooden window and, and door and put in the new aluminum one, and it's fucking smaller than it was before. Oh. So they were 
halfway through. You don't have to duck, though. <clears throat> it's, but it's not. Uh, I do. I did before, but if one time we're going to break the fucking wall, we might as well get it. Yeah, it's a little late for that now. So, uh, they were halfway through this. Oh, halfway. They had it installed, but there were still like cracks around the side that they needed to fill in to, to finish the job. You said, hey. And I went over there and I said, we wanted this bigger than before. And the guys that were doing the work were not the guy that makes the decisions for the company. And they said, oh, we just, because they, so the problem is they had to go and manufacture this whole aluminum door frame to the specs that they had measured. And they went and they did that. And then they brought it over and they installed it. And it's not correct. They spent all of this money and time building this door frame. That is not what we asked for. And so I had to tell them, look, this is not what we said. And they, and so the guy said, well, you need to talk to my boss. And so he gave me his, he called his boss and gave me his phone and I talked to his boss in my best ever negotiating in Spanish moment ever. And I said, look, we said we wanted it bigger. And did he remember? Was it in writing? It wasn't, it was, nothing was in writing. Oh no. Oh, but however, it very, like, very quickly, he said, oh, he didn't fight back at all. He was like, oh, this isn't what we, I thought you wanted. So what needed to happen was the window had to be one height and the door had to be slightly taller. Yes. And he, when he came over and did all the measurements and we said, we want the door to be taller. And he said, that means it's not going to line up with the window. And, and you said, we that's, said that's okay. okay. We don't want it. We don't want that. We want the door taller. And after four months had passed, after we had spoken, and he apparently you got even taller and he, he hadn't written that down then he made them both the same because why wouldn't you make them both the same because they're both they, they should be the same in general that's the general rule but we had specifically said not to make it like that i spoke to him and he said oh okay i will come and talk to you he must have remembered he must have remembered. so the fact that he didn't fight back yeah. i mean suggests to me that he was like oh i might have fucked up and yeah. it, it, it kills me to reject yeah. work that someone has done that means that this particular project is going to be a loser. a loser for their company. But also, it's not my fault that they did it wrong. Right. So right. it's like, look, we asked for this thing, you did it wrong. I'm sorry right. that you did it wrong and it's gonna be a loser for your company, but. It, having it in writing would have, in hindsight, would have been even more valuable for you then. Right. Because that would have meant that he wouldn't have made the mistake. And well, you're right, he, it's not up to you. When I was telling him he was writing stuff down, he was there in person. He was there in person. He was writing things down. Yeah. But do I have a copy of what he wrote down? No, I do not. No, but he's got it. Yeah. So anyway. Stuck in the folder. But yeah, you're in your rights. So that was that was on Friday. Today's Monday. And he said on Friday, oh, yeah, Monday I will get up with you and talk no. you about it. But, oh, yeah. But he, he, he did didn't. Talk to you. He did. <laughs> so and you know what? tomorrow's Tuesday and I'm going to call him. You know what? It's almost August. Yeah. Is the door on there, though? The door's there. The door and the window are on there, so they're installed, so there's no wind or breeze coming in, so you're good just to wait. Well, in a there's, there are cracks around it that were not filled in because... Are they covered with plastic for now? No. Uh, oh, Lord. But, They're coming right into the apartment? But it's not an apartment where we live. It's a secondary... Well, what's the difference? A bug will get in there? A mouse can get in there? You know how big a hole you have to have for a mouse to get in? The size of a fucking head on a dime. The head, not the dime, the head on the dime. We don't get... Mice we don't, have got retractable bones, man. They, can, they turn into fucking snakes when they fucking crawl into small places. Their skull even fucking collapses. We don't get... They're like we don't, the accordion bone system. We don't get a lot of mice on the seventh floor, though. Big mice. <laughs> the ones that climb up the side of the building. Flying mice. The windows. 
the flying mice. Do they have those in Spain? I mean, only what are bats, building. right? Down and out. You remember the famous flying mice of uh, the Wizard of Oz. Those were uh, pretty interesting. The bats, the flying monkeys were chasing them. Monkeys. Down. Oh, we, yo. Oh, yo. Oh, we, yo. Oh, yo. Oh. The scariest marching in the world. Oh, we. They ended up to be good guys, though. Yeah. Became loyal to Dorothy. Good little guys. Yeah. So. I miss them. I miss them. You miss the flying monkeys? Oh, soldiers. The marching soldiers. Yes. Yes, sorry. Should we... You lost me there a minute. Should we talk about the season and probably series finale of... Yes, yeah, definitely. See, yeah, yes. And... Definitely. It's not going to have a second season by any stretch. <laughs> the finality of episode four left us both with a holy shit. Episode five. Did the kid do it? What the fuck? And I said, he's hiding it for his grandfather. As it turns out, we find out in the beginning of episode five to take away, it, it, they, they started episode five without any advantage of the momentum in drama True. that they caused at the end of four and just showed this kid yeah. somehow finding this Six. fucking hammer in a paper bag hidden outside in a fireplace, in a paper bag. Now, this is, so, this is so stupid that this oncologist or his wealthy financier grandfather, who's that stupid? And then, oh, and then how come there aren't any fingerprints? We find out very quickly afterwards, he ran it through the dishwasher twice. Okay, let me get this straight. You're in a summer house with your mother, right? And you're so unsupervised, or there's so uh, lack of interaction, that not only once did you run a dishwasher without your mother saying, why are you running the dishwasher? What's in, why are you the too. dishwasher? But you did it twice? The hammer washer. How did, how did that happen? Twice? What did you stay up all night? And where was your mother? Couldn't hear that in her bedroom in the summer house? Well, wait a minute. Did the person who hit the hammer, obviously it wasn't you, which letting us hold on to that was astounding. Oh, my God. Could it be? It lasted only the closing of the episode. It didn't carry over at all. Are you saying there are it was holes? an abysmal episode. It was abysmal. <laughs> it was abysmal. And the attorney leaning over to him and saying, what was you, his name? You didn't throw over the hammer. Huh? What? Yeah, What? how stupid could you be that you didn't get rid of the hammer? What? And also, what? at the very beginning, at the very, at the very beginning, Grace calls her blonde lawyer friend and says, can we go for a walk? And I want you to do something for me. And that something to do for me is never explained. It was just like, I thought, oh, this is one of those things where the character it says, explain. what did you do? She said to her, you need to tell the defense attorney, you need to tell the prosecutor that I said that he had a narcissistic personality. That's what they're talking was. And that's why you knew that in, in fact, as the, the murderer, the doc, realized after it became clear that she fucked him, she threw him under the bus, that's how she did it. She had said to her friend, that's why after she admitted that on the stand and for reasons totally incomprehensible, she was allowed to leave the courtroom and, and, and left right. and was escorted out. The woman who, in fact, didn't betray Grace by telling the prosecutor but in fact did Grace's bidding 
because she ran out of the courtroom and Grace immediately took her hand. I saw that, yeah. If you didn't know, if and I didn't put that together at the moment, and one of the reasons that it wasn't easily put together, because they weren't all that committed to it. Yeah. It, it, it you know, I never liked- it was sort of like this was unfolding. Did the prosecutor just luck out? And how did this happen? And they tried to create this little piece of drama. I don't know, man. I give the last, uh, I was only giving the motherfucker seven out of 10, six out of six or seven out of 10 each episode. This I'd give a fucking two. Yeah. What a waste. By the time they show, show the actual murder, it's, eh. Yeah, I don't care about any of these characters anymore. Yeah. It's a, and he's taking him to go eat clam somewhere. And his son says, Dad, you murdered a person. You got to pull over. And he does it. And then to make it even weirder, he climbs up on the bridge to commit suicide. And he doesn't commit suicide. That, that, he doesn't. Right, that would have been so much. He climbs down and he starts ordering his wife to, to come to him and give me a hug. Yeah. As And... and it would have been a much more uh, dramatic ending if they would have showed him in slow motion, right. drifting down toward the fucking water with a fucking weird look on his face of what? Mirth, joy, peace, insanity, something. But you never... It, the, 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 I don't and know, man. The, I'm not happy with it. Yeah, the, the, the casting of Hugh Grant, who has charisma running through his veins like he's just such a generally likable dude in my opinion to cast him as the murderer such that we are thrown off of the scent of the murder because of his charisma i don't know it's i I don't know you gotta hold on a second i gotta yell i put meat in the oven when we had our little break there and i set it for 30 minutes i gotta yell to my wife hang on hey nick nick will you shut off the oven all right, thank you. Baked Polish sausage and onions. The odor now is filling the uh, is filling the house a bit. Just the gorgeous uh, smell of uh, Polish sausage juice mm. brining the onions into translucent, edible. Just yeah, I'm hungry. Insane. Mm. Big hunks of onion too, not these little chopped onion bullshit. Yeah, you don't need a spoon for these babies. You fork them. Proper fucking onions. That's what I'm talking about. Proper. Proper onions, you know, like these little tiny ones. You got to use a, a spoon or something just to eat them. These are proper onions, big chunks. It's about the size of a piece of carrot, same size. Proper chunks of onions. Proper. Mercy. So it just goes on and on. The, 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 the craziness with Trump goes on. He says, you know, I got the best people. The, they're, they're Supreme Court advocates. They're advocates. They're, uh, they're lawyers. They got the best. And and he can't, there isn't a court in the land that will do anything other than dismiss these outrageous claims. And he's still holding out hope that somehow. So he goes to Georgia. And he's not going to Georgia. He's going to Georgia personally, but the campaign is promoting Georgia. But what they're telling the Georgia voters is that the government's crooked. The Secretary of State's crooked. The election is rigged. The first one was rigged. The next one is rigged. And the voters, so the Trumpists are saying, so why would I vote? What are you telling me? So I shouldn't vote then. It's rigged and it's great. No, we want you to worry about that after right. you vote. And the voters are like, this doesn't make any sense. And Trump did this thing, this first interview. He never mentioned the candidates' names. Just talked about the, the hapless governor and he should quit. He's ashamed he ever endorsed him. He's eating the Republican Party alive in Georgia. And yet... He's running for the people who are what? 
the establishment Republican Party in Georgia. How does this work, Donald? Then Biden breaks his foot. Did you read that? Biden did what now? Broke his foot playing with the dog. He's going to wear a boot. He tried to kick his dog? We're going to have the first ever president inaugurated in a fucking boot. With crutches. We're going to call it the limping, the limping inauguration. <laughs> Just to further emphasize this age. <sighs> I can't get up to the podium. <sighs> as, long as, they, Come on. as long as the inauguration is wheelchair accessible. I think we can still have the Yeah. And I just got done saying, tell me if this wasn't the last episode that I said he's going to announce his candidacy the day of the inauguration. A report said he's talking to his campaign people about holding a counter event on inauguration day to, if not announce his candidacy, to indicate that he's thinking about announcing his candidacy on January 20th. So I remember. I watched live in the year 2001 when Clinton left office and gave it to George W. Bush. I watched that. It was raining that day, and I was in my apartment. No? Yes, I was. I, I, I watched that that day, and I remember seeing this transition, and then I remember watching the next one from W to Barack and how elegant that was of one leaving in a helicopter they walked down yeah. they, they walked down the steps and they get into a helicopter and they're like see ya good luck and this one is going to be so different it's going to be so antagonistic it's going to be so like I predicted several episodes back that uh, he was going to be live tweeting during the inauguration about the shitty crowd. What a loser! Well, it, but until eighteen, until the mid eighteen hundreds, the loser did not attend the inaugurations. The length of time between the election, the electoral college, and the inauguration was so distant that when the person who lost, literally getting on a train and, and leaving and going back to where they were living, right. they didn't stick around for that. Sure, it was like, and there was no media. You know, there was no tracking their movement. They either showed up or they didn't. It wasn't that big of a of event at the time, and then it became a tradition. It became a tradition, interestingly enough, and not soon afterwards. The guy stiff. Who was it? Who stiffed it? Harrison? Possibly. Stiff the incoming. Anyway, it's not totally without precedent. And they always say the, Harrison stiff the incoming. It's a, it's a thing stiff. that we say amongst my friends. I know. I must have said it three times a day apropos of what was happening. Like, originally, for the first few presidents, the loser became the vice president. Oh, I didn't know that. That didn't happen with George yeah. Washington. No, there wasn't a loser. Aside from Britain, am I right? But the... That's, yeah, like, Jefferson and, and those guys, when there were two candidates, the, the loser became the vice president, which... Oh, because they were enemies to begin right, with. Enemies to begin with, so... At least political uh, opponents. I don't know if it was perhaps not enemies. As Joe Biden, Adams or Quincy Adams or somebody. Uh, don't have to make that. our opponents into our enemies. That's Uncle Joe. Yeah, man. Why we got to be against our enemies, man? Let's all just love each other. He's man. in a boot. What? In a boot. There are no pictures so far. Hey, where's my cane? Kamala, Kamala, where's my cane? Where's my speech? Come on. That sounds like someone in Canada. A boot. Why? Here's my cane. I needed to boot me. Playing with his dogs, my ass. 
He tripped over his computer wire. His dog is named Myas? Yeah, Myas. It's Asian, Pomeranian. Myas. You don't hear my ass. Come here, my ass. Come here, bet my ass. Who wants to play with my ass? Children, who wants to play with my ass? Bet my ass have soft fur. (laughs) Oh. I tell you, that baby loves it when you touch her. Who wants to groom my ass? Children, gather around. Don't bet my ass. The famous song around the campfire that was named after the dog. Kumbaya. My lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Touch my furry parts, oh my lord. Touch my ass, rub my ass. It's old camp favorite, camp camping favorite. I mean, when you go camping with Uncle Joe, who knows what goes on? So Dennis, <laughs> I have this magazine that was in a suitcase of mine for a long time, and has been on my desk for the last six months. That you gave me, called. Why did Joe run? Uh, and you gave me this in February, and you said, this Joe guy, there's something about him. And I thought, there's no chance this Joe guy is doing no that. No chance. So this is, he's, so, he's so boring. Return to character. And here we are. And now that magazine is worth uh, $25,000, I think. Hey, so I found a penny when I was cleaning out the cupboards at this old house and I realized that when we moved in, we didn't take the drawers out of this inlaid cupboard and behind the inlaid cupboard, there was debris and some old mass mouse droppings and whatnot. So while I was cleaning it out, I found a penny and I thought, huh, this could be fortuitous. And I can't read with even my reading glasses what a penny says for God's sake. So I have a magnifying glass up here and I looked at it and I looked at it and I said, oh my God, it's a 1954 D. Whoa. Meaning it was stamped in Denver. But 1954. What are we thinking here? It's a long damn time ago. That's so I looked it up. Yep. And the first thing that I saw was one was for sale on eBay for $2,495. What? <laughs> and then right below that, there was another one that, was, that you could buy 10 of them for a dollar. So I threw the second one away. <laughs> I discarded the second ad. No, so I got this little tiny. It's made out of a stone. It's a little capsule. Wait, hold on. So I, I just I did a quick, penny in there. just did a quick look up on the 1954D wheat penny. Wheat. Yes, because of the wheat leaf on the back. Uh, and you'll know too that in on. that year, an average value of 15 cents, one certified mint state, could be worth up, could be worth up to how much? Could be worth up to four dollars. How much with mouse stained debris on it? In two places. Let me see. That's uh, sixteen thousand dollars. The mouse debris. Wow. So, have I ever told you about the the postage, the stamp collection that I have that was given to me when I was a boy, when I was about twelve by my father? This would have been in nineteen sixty-five. Tell me. And he, he gave it to me at the death of my great uncle Frank. He was one of one of three brothers who came over from Germany back in the day, and he was a stamp collector when he was a boy. He died almost 90 years old in 1965. That meant that he was born in 1885. Yeah. 
Okay, so he was a boy. It wasn't the turn of the century. It was the late 1800s, and he was collecting stamps. And in this book that he had, about a, a four and a half by 11 book with about 20 pages in it, were all the countries of the world. And he, for years, he collected stamps from all over the world, and he put them in this book. Okay. Now, out of the, there's probably 30 or 40 countries in this book. There's eight or ten of them that aren't countries anymore. I know, right? And all the stamps from that ancient, now defunct country right. are in this book. Imagine, what do you think this is worth? You'd have to send, it, like you'd have to send it to me, and then I could evaluate. <laughs> exactly my biggest fear. Exactly my biggest fear. My, my only, so when I, when I was a kid, I don't know, whatever someone suggested, hey, you should collect stamps. So when the post office released, like every month or so, they would release this, oh, we're doing new dinosaur stamps this month. And you could go and you could buy a sheet that was an uh, uncut sheet of stamps. Yes. And I would take those, it would cost like $4 or whatever, and I would put those into a, into a notebook somewhere. And presumably that still exists in my parents' house somewhere. And never take them out of the sheet. Yeah. remember maybe 10 years ago i discovered that there there exists a stamp that commemorates my great 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 grandfather's trip to america on a viking replica ship which is a topic what? i don't have discussed you can talk about that what your great 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 all right great okay. grandfather has a stamp yeah okay or the ship Okay. Commemorates the ship he was on. Okay, so Not it commemorates the ship. But I remember still. Alright, so let's talk about this. This is a this is I am talking about this is one of the most interesting things yeah. about my heritage, really. They oh, okay. <laughs> no, two out of four. The no, but uh, when I when we I remember when I was in fifth or sixth grade, we were studying the Vikings and I raised my hand and I said, My great 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 grandfather came over on a Viking ship. And my teacher said, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, because that's... Because she knew you were lying. Because that would be ridiculous. Not in a Viking ship, but it was a replica. But what she didn't know was that for the... Let's see. For the... For the... 1892... For the 1892 World's Fair, for the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago... They were having this big thing that was like a 400-year anniversary of Columbus coming over and discovering America, and that was going to be a big thing because it was 800, because it was uh, 400 years since that had happened. And some people in Norway said, "Wait a minute, we pretty much know that the Vikings were over in America before the Southern Europeans, and so they had recently discovered a Viking ship that they had uncovered just." Archaeologically, and they recreated that, and they said we're gonna we're gonna go and, and prove that this Viking ship that is a replica of this one from from the 14th century definitely could have made it over to America, and so they built this thing, and they had a lot of trouble getting insurance and investors and stuff to help fund it, but eventually it got made, and one of the sailors on that was my grandfather's grandfather, Rasmussen. From Sweden. No, from Norway. From Norway. From Norway, yeah. And and so We're they... We're going to go to America and go to build a sauna. In order to jump in the sauna, then into the Greek naked. The sauna is more of a fin Finland thing, but yes. 
and they so they built this thing and they decided to go and upset this Columbus exhibition at the World's Fair just to be trolls about it. So the Columbus team sailed from Spain and had a bunch of ships around that had this whole flotilla around them that was sailing over with them with his replicas of the Santa Maria. Right. But these Norwegian guys just took their own ship and there was nobody with them. And they, on this tiny little ship, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. And they sailed all the way across and got there and the, like the captain of the ship got to go to the White House to talk to the president and it, it was a big it was a big deal and they showed and then they made it all the way around through the Great Lakes to to Chicago where the World's Fair was uh, who was the president who was the president uh, Harding the World's Fair called the World's Columbian Exposition that's how important Colombian back in the day when Colombia was synonymous with America I love how true that is presidents. President Benjamin Harrison. Huh. As it turns out, the dude who didn't show up for the fucking inauguration. No fucking. Yes. Wow. That's like Whoa. true, man. Like yes. Get out. So anyway, to get back to the stamps. So this is a thing that happened, and I have this commemorative thing that I have framed with all the crew members on it. And I discovered that there is a stamp that was made at some point. That's. Yes, there's a stamp made in 1925 commemorating this ship, uh, the North American Centennial. And so anyway, I discovered that this stamp exists. So I started to look, let's see if I can get one of these stamps. And I found the, I found this stamp available from a guy, I, I swear to you, from Newton, North Carolina. Newton. <laughs> and, and right where we live and so i i asked where i worked yeah so i i paid him 20 bucks or whatever it cost for this and he sent me this he sent me the stamp in that but what i found hilarious was he sent me this to spain but so it was an envelope but there were like 25 different like two cent stamps on the damn thing <laughs> he had all these extra stamps he was like, i gotta send this and it's gonna cost me 70 cents to send this so I'm gonna put all these, put all these little stamps that I have. <laughs> this. Anyway, I think I still have the envelope somewhere. But I got this, I got the stamp, and I had it framed. I have it hanging on my wall, uh, next to the other. That's where I would, that's where I would put it too. Because you should blow it up and turn it into a poster. There you go. Although I like how it's a big frame. You can do both. Around a tiny little stamp. You can do both. I can do both. It's not a rule that you can only do one or the other. Allowed. Yeah. You Thank could you actually, you actually could do a little research, and find out without too much trouble all the other people around that boat with your great, I know who they your are. grandfather's I know who grandfather, they are. Yeah. and make a poster for each of them, and also accompany it with a small frame one, and you could sell them each for a thousand dollars. So I have I blogged about this journey ten years ago, and I have received communications from relatives of mine that are like, hey. That's also my great-grandfather. Oh, I think we're relatives. Oh, could be a moneymaker. The posters could go for, realistically, posters would go for $110. Yeah. Make 100 of them, it's a million dollars almost. <laughs> or 100000 depending on how you do your math. <laughs> I mean, math. Who cares about math? <laughs> depending, depending on you, you do math. It's fake math. Yeah.
so did you send so there was this stuff going on about trump giving answering his first question since the the election while he was signing something and for reasons that nobody knows regular rather than sign it where he regularly signed it they set up this little desk and they put a chair behind it yes, yes. <laughs> And, it, and the memes were just small hands, small desk, small soul. Yeah. And praising the guy who figured out to put the little desk there. And... Yeah. Who credit to that person? Yes. Who who figured like the optics of this? Let's have this big dude sitting at a little tiny children's desk, and I have. When I have gone in to meet with my kids' uh, school teachers, it's super awkward because we, have to we go into the class and I sit on this thing where my knees are higher than the desk, and I, <laughs> I'm sitting squatting on this chair that is for or whatever, and it's the, the images felt so much like that of a little boy sitting at his desk answering questions, which is a little baby boy, yeah, classic. <laughs> That's going to be one of the images in the coffee table book of his presidency or oh, the coffee table hologram that our grandfather and it just he becomes more and more cartoonish and he's a fucking crackpot he's a crackpot and while and people are starting to question say no wait a minute these republicans who are going to follow him how long is that really going to last the guy is lost and lost and lost and lost and lost <laughs> Is he really going to chill out all the other candidates for 2024 just by acting like he's going to maybe run and then they can't announce because they're disloyal? What losers have a way of losing their reputation? And why should he be any different, particularly if his legal woes are so serious that they take up his time and attention? It's not like he's got the ability to attend to more than one little thing at once. If, so if his legal woes, as you describe them, do not incapacitate him either in prison or... He has shown himself to be... You cannot defeat him on politics. Uh, no one can go up against him in his own party and win because he is just so... He is just so intriguing to the base. and As it stands now. As it has been up until now, yes. But the electorate, it, it, the, it, Trump built this base in a surprising manner over the course of his first campaign, which lasted about a year. So one would think that what can rise up within a year can actually collapse within a year as well, particularly if if there are things that could happen, not the least of which is Trump's health. He's not going to have, he's, of course, he's always going to have expert medical care as a former president, but I, I don't know. I don't, he could he, trip he, and fall. He's, but the one thing, the weirdest thing about him is his energy. And I've heard so many people talk about how someone his age, with his diet, with his lifestyle, should not have the energy to go and do all these rallies and do this and do that and not just collapse in a pile. But it's of all he does all day long. It's all he does. He travels to a place, he spends a few hours, and he's done. He's not, it's not like, it's not a sustained thing. He's not running marathons. He's not doing, of course, he was doing two or three of them a day, so you're right about yeah, that. Yeah, so at the, end of the, at the end of the campaign, he had some yeah. crazy energy that most people of that age, especially with that diet and lifestyle, would not have. And he's a freak in, in, in that health space. 
it's addicted to adrenaline, which in his well, case, and who knows what other uh, stimulants he's on. Driven. Yes, that's true too. That's true. But imagine getting stoned with Trump. Oh my God! <laughs> Show me the fucking door. <laughs> I wonder if him and Obama got stoned together when Trump came to see him. I'm guessing not. Obama stoned would be a fucking hoot and a half. Yeah, he's when one of his interviews he had the other day. You know, his book is out. He's already okay. sold. 800,000. He's, of course, he's competing. He's the second most sales of a book of its nature. The first, of course, is his wife, right. <laughs> which shattered all records. So between the two of them, they're, they're, they're modestly, they're set for life. But in his interviews, he said, he said, look, this kind of behavior, we wouldn't let a high school principal do this. We wouldn't let a teacher do this. We wouldn't let a, a mayor, a council person, we wouldn't let anybody do this. And yet we're letting the United States, president of the United States do it. He said, that can't stand. And the, the interesting thing that's got to happen is that the degree that if there is a, a Kamala Harris becomes the deciding vote in the Senate on close votes because both Georgia seats go to the Democrats, which is probably pretty unlikely, frankly, but it's going to be a short majority for either party. But if they end up trying to change from uh, just uh, tradition, like the taxes thing is a tradition and it's a modern tradition and the inauguration is a tradition, whether anybody gives a fuck about that or not, right. but that stuff can be put into law. So that it isn't, oh, everybody's done it because everybody respects it. No, they don't. And think about the next Trump. Is it Donald Jr.? No. Who's young and could do this for the next 20 years? He doesn't have any of the charisma. No, exactly, exactly. Jerk. Donald is a unicorn. Kind. A one-of-a-kind special snowflake that has this spark that ignites the loins of the electorate. And a lot of world leaders historically had that little special something. Right. Hitler would be one of them. Mussolini would be another one, at least for a little while. FDR certainly had that following. There's few and far between, and for good or for ill. I'm pretty sure I have that when I'm talking on a podcast. <laughs> the magical <laughs> je ne sais quoi that, that draws the listener <laughs> to go to patreon.com slash happy hour. Sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> for an hour, wondering, oh my God, what is he going to say next? It's fucking amazing, the things that he says. This family story about the Viking, oh my God. Wow, it's one in a million. I, I know, right? I love this time with you, but it's over. I got to go. I got sausage to eat, bro, with proper onions, man, polar sausage, kielbasa, uh. baked. Uh. Uh. I'm out, bro. Good night, Dennis. Good night, Eric. Good night, Eric. Good night, Eric. I'm sorry, I'm school. Down to the sausage I'm gonna eat. Down to the sausage I'm gonna eat. Down to the sausage I'm gonna eat. Got a wiener in your mouth. Down in Ohio. 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 Down Ohio. Down Ohio. Okay, that does it for Happy Hour episode 87. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 087. If you'd like to help us build this masterpiece, you can go to patreon.com slash happyhour and buy us a round. We always love that. And here we go, barreling down towards Christmas. Good luck to everyone. Goodwill towards men, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>